0: Hello, I'm Katrina. And I'm Gracie. We work together as the Founding Archive Victoria. We create exhibitions, events, publications and podcasts that look at Australian life, past and present from the perspective of everyday Australians. The idea is to merge the sociological, the political and historical with the personal. We ask people to talk about what frustrates them, their hopes for themselves and the nation what they wish they could change, and what they wish we had retained, and to think critically about what is often
1: dismissed as normal or ordinary. We're an independent, not-for-profit social history organisation based in Melbourne, Australia. So welcome to part one of From This Place, Ballarat Orphanage.
0: This podcast is part of the bigger project funded by the Public Records Office Victoria, which was supposed to look at the childhood experiences of those who grew up in Ballarat Orphanage, later known as Ballarat Children's Home. But with the Royal Commission into Institutional Responses to Child Sexual Abuse over, and after a national apology broadcasted live into our homes in 2009, and a much more understated apology that was offered by the University of Melbourne for their part in this mess, having used orphans as test subjects of experimental medication and drugs in the 60s, 70s and 80s. Thankfully, the level of horror experienced by children within these institutions is no longer up for debate. Is there a way of tackling this trauma for the purpose of public remembering? As alien as the events that occurred within these places sound, this is not a distant alternative or revised history – but is very much still resonant in the here and now. How will this community deal with the pain caused by the policies, the stigma and prejudice that facilitated child removals over half a million children across Australia? That's more than the populations of Samoa and Iceland combined. And the shame of many who perpetrated or turned a blind eye to the violence experienced by so many What do we do with these places after we know they're difficult, downright dark histories? Heritage in Australia is tiered. There are various criteria at national, state and local levels. If a site meets certain criteria, then they can be protected through heritage listing. While the former Ballarat Orphanage was found to be of local historical significance for its 120-year association to child welfare in Ballarat, and also to be of local social significance to the former residents and carers associated with the institution, it is now privately owned by developers who don't seem too concerned with the preservation of the site.
1: so the Ballarat Orphanage site doesn't meet any of the criteria set out at any level, mostly because the focus is on the significance of the building's architecture, which has been compromised by its current dilapidated state. So this project is called From This
0: Place, Remembering Histories and Forgetting Heritage in Ballarat. This series asks us to think about what it is that we, as individuals and as a nation, choose to remember and try to forget. Are some experiences so terrible they shouldn't be remembered? And should the places which stand as public physical reminders of such events be erased from our landscape? Do we move forward from the trauma by never forgetting Or should we move forward by choosing to leave these experiences and places in the past? What can the individual do, particularly through the use of digital and traditional forms of media, to
1: help preserve their own histories? The people referred to in policy and in government as Forgotten Australians are the over 500,000 children who grew up in out-of-home care in Australia in the 20th century. Forgotten Australians are also known as care leavers. This includes 450,000 plus Australian born non-Indigenous children, many of whom were the children of post-war migrants. It is estimated that between 30,000 and 50,000 Indigenous children from the Stolen Generations and also around 7,000 former child migrants, mostly from Britain, Ireland, Malta and Malaysia, also form part of this group. Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander children were removed from their families as part of the assimilation policies of the time. Children were likely to be made state wards by being charged with being neglected of no fixed abode or likely to lapse into a life of crime or vice. Children with physical or mental disabilities were also commonly placed in institutions, as were children who were deemed to be uncontrollable.
0: So today we're gonna hear from Phyllis, who would be referred to in policy as a forgotten Australian. Phyllis is a former resident at Ballarat Orphanage. She was one of the last to leave and she has a lot to say about how she feels the buildings would
1: be best utilised today. And a warning, this podcast contains strong language and themes of violence, rape and abuse towards children.
2: You know, yeah, I'll show you my sticks. I've got a a titter who I've got to make them for me and paint like what I want on them, yeah, so she's done that, and That's me taken away from my mum and going around until I found my mum in an unmarked grave, that's her with the ancestors. And that represents stolen children. That, and this is my big, it's a Geordie stick, it's a spirit stick. This is the yeah,
0: one you took like, so. Yeah, this yes. is
2: the one for, yeah.
1: And this is what I'll hold ceremony with. Hey Phyllis, <laughs> can I take a photo of this? The site Auntie Phyllis Reid refers to is the former Ballarat Orphanage site where she and her sisters resided from the age of around one. The walking sticks, painted by a friend, depict pivotal events in Phyllis's history and offer emotional and physical support as she grapples with the lingering consequences of the abuses she endured while in state care. Phyllis agreed to talk with us about her role in fighting for the building. She wanted to tell us why she felt so strongly that the buildings of the former Ballarat orphanage site, a place where she says children were abused, tortured, raped, and enslaved, should be saved from development and made into a museum or memorial. We traveled to South Australia, where she now lives with her daughters and her house birds to listen to her perspective.
2: Did you know that every single one of us were arrested and charged? I was a one-year-old baby. You were arrested. And I was arrested and charged. With what? Whatever was happening to me at the time. So whether it was poverty, neglect, or whether I'd been raped or whatever. And we all still had those charges against us. Um, the fact that I was one-year-old, and that's my first conviction that I know of. Well, I thought it was funny that they referred to
1: the kids as inmates. Like, why are they- yeah, Because we here? were criminals. Phyllis and her sisters were the last to leave the children's home in 1984. She was 15.
2: Because, like, when I was still in in the orphanage, my twin sister and my younger sister and I were the last three to leave, we were in 200B, one of the staff's cottages. They had done so much damage to us, they actually... You know they just kicked every kid on the street? They had done so much damage they held this meeting, government meeting and everything, and they actually classed us so damaged, we weren't actually even fit to go into uh, uh, one of those new family group homes or the girls' hostel that they had for the girls in Leeds Street. So how old were you at this, uh, at this Um, 14. And so, and your younger sister, she would have been Two years younger she was sort of dragged along with us, but what they had done to myself and my twin was...
1: And please remember, you don't have to say
2: anything. No, it's okay. They... And this is what really piss. I'm sorry, this is what pisses me off, because it's forever. Because they did everything that they could come up with, everything that they could put their heads together to do, to... Two little girls, so they come up with everything they could for electroshock therapy, the bashings, the torture, all the, this weird shit like if, just holding one there while bashing the other and, and just all kinds of crazy ass shit, you know, drugs and um, just so much shit I can't even name it all to break the twinship bond to see if they could actually do it and the bloody will dig. You know, you take so much so that your sister don't get done.
1: Phyllis Reed's campaigning to save what remains of the former Ballarat orphanage site spans more than nine years. She was compelled to act after Ballarat Council put the site up for sale in December 2010 and later sold it to developers. The sale and development of the former Ballarat orphanage site was thought necessary if this satellite town Ninety kilometres outside of Melbourne is to continue to expand and grow in economic wealth, employment, and population. This contentious move has polarised those within the Ballarat community.
0: Can we just think about like what made you wake up one day and go, "Fuck this! I'm like, I'm gonna like, I am gonna start talking and I am gonna start fighting for this place." What made? Where did? Where did the. Where did it. Where what did, happened? Yeah. W- w-
2: and when they how did you disrespected do it? us enough to go. No one's looking? Right, we're selling it and we're making money off the fuckers. So and when that for sale sign went up? Yep. They had. That's absolute disrespect. Absolute disrespect for every single kid.
0: The ones that live, the ones that died. Is it even the idea that a place that I, I kind of want to say um, like sacred or special, but in a really kind of it's it is sacred thing. because that that's
2: why I called my claim a blood claim. It doesn't just mean how much blood was spilled. It means. Every single part of that ground, the buildings, that's why I had to name it specifically. The land, the buildings, the trees, the fence, the grass, everything, every aspect of that place has been touched by the children, by the evil, by the staff, by the perpetrators, by every life and death, by every... Event by every moment, by every 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 single thing of thousands,
0: not four, ten, fifteen, fifty,
1: so many. You mentioned that on the phone that you were like, oh, I'm done with it I, I and yeah, and I actually got told off by my kids. <laughs> oh, right. Mom,
2: and I'm just like, well, well you know um history is history and you can't get true history unless you go to the person who lived it you know what i mean when we came out of what we lived we protected our children to such an extent they do not accept what we survived and they won't let us be us so many of us are living that so we can't be us and that's why I've put myself out there so much. And that's why I wanted to save the Ballarat Orphanage. Intact, not yeah. a piece here and a bit bl- there. And like, you know how they let it just disintegrate after what we won? No, that's. That's called demolition by neglect. Yeah. Right? Um, and what that is, is total erasure.
1: Ballarat City Council issued planning and building permits for a shopping centre and childcare centre to the developer under the condition that several buildings be retained. The site, however, has been largely left unused and unprotected. Those buildings, though protected by council, have been left to disintegrate, and the site, now neglected, is susceptible to vandalism, misuse and arson.
2: I had to concede to what we finally ended up with because Um, Our little group ended up saying, well, we either just fight for that or get nothing. And at the end of the day, I kept trying to tell them, you don't realise that you're not going to end up with that. That's not how they work. Can't you see it? You either have to fight for the whole lot as a team, and never, ever, ever let one foot by the wayside, or it's all just gonna go. No one will listen.
0: Were there any ever wins? Were there wins ever? anything?
2: Well, you, you sort of felt like you won when like, you saved the toddler's block and you thought you saved the school on the wall mm. and the tree. When they make you feel like, ah, oh, you know, and then like I got the to because right now I'm supposed to have already held a ceremony on site and then had the developers pay for a memorial garden with statues and everything paid by them
1: yeah.
0: i don't see it No, and that's one thing we noticed reading through everything is that there's been a lot of promises and then nothing. Yeah,
2: and we're always supposed to be notified on everything, every conversation, every change, every plan, every bit. But one thing that happened, now at first they were only going to keep the first two rooms and then we ended up winning the whole building and then the judgment came, you must work with the whole building as it stands because of its historical significance.
0: How would you get at the, okay let's start with Ballarat? Yeah. How would we create a place, if not that place, how would we find a way, do you think, to share or at least get people thinking about it's not gonna happen what history is, what heritage is, why places it's, are important and why they're not.
2: It's not really going to happen because if you keep getting rid of them, it's, it's just impossible to do that because um, books, museums, all those things, it, it's not, it doesn't work. History continues to repeat itself.
0: You need a, you need you need a
2: physical place. And, you know, it's, it's like um, you know, the continual perpetuation of taking kids in the first place, you know, if people don't see it for themselves and experience it, they're not experiencing it,
1: they don't believe it. The sale and development of the site will no doubt bring further economic benefit to local council and businesses alike. But at what cost? There are locals and former residents of the orphanage who see the demolition of the former Ballarat orphanage site as a way to wipe the slate clean and to move on from its challenging past well-documented by several submissions made to the Royal Commission into institutional responses to sexual abuse. Then, there are those, including Phyllis Reid, who understand the demolition of the site to equate to a deliberate and violent act which aims to eradicate all physical evidence of a difficult history Ballarat would rather forget.
2: Campaigners step up their fight to preserve Ballarat's former orphanage. Former residents of the Ballarat Children's Orphanage say the proposed redevelopment of the site into a housing and business estate is denying their heritage.
0: Former resident
1: Phyllis Reid was one of the last children to leave the orphanage with her twin and younger sister. She is fighting to save the place she calls home. For
2: every child who went through homes in Australia, church and government run, who were abused, raped, tortured, enslaved. Many children lived and died
0: here and to us this is very much a sacred place. Opponents
1: are angry they didn't have a say in the site's sale to the developer. The developer says it plans to adhere to heritage recommendations, which include keeping the site's
0: administration building or toddler's block, but for Phyllis Reed, that's no
2: consolation. It means far more than you can ever imagine and we're trying to retain it intact.
1: Phyllis Reid has been instrumental in the campaign to save the orphanage. She's attended council meetings and presented her argument to save the orphanage site at VCAT. She's marched alongside other care leavers who she calls her brothers and sisters, demanding more attention be given to the historical and cultural significance of the orphanage site.
0: Was that march a unifying march or was that your you know your kind of stream of the community who was who was in that march
2: um it was survivors um from across all no 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 for the bch um so for the valor orphanage children's home
0: yeah but across all Um,
2: cohorts all group all mm, groups mixed mostly uh not too many stolen generations stolen generations from the valor orphanage center high um, so I'm, I'm what you call two feet. I'm in both camps. <laughs> so I'm Stolen Generation Forgotten Australian. And, um, so, yeah, it was mostly Stolen Generation, uh, like Forgotten Australian child migrants and supporters. And there was a staff member, um, she's lovely. So she always supported everyone through all of that, yeah. Because what they've done is they have done degrees of separation on purpose. Like, I'll give you an example. We all went through it together, and yet they separated us into child migrants, stolen generation, forgotten Australians, Malay. No, we're not. We're all the same. Now, the government did that on purpose. What do you do? You know, th- but that's how, like, the government and how all these places win because of all these degrees of separation and, you know, keeping
1: divided, keep them divided.
0: So, would you mind telling us how you think separating people with the same experience yeah. into ethnicities or histories yeah. or places of origin, how that, how that works for them?
2: It means. That they're in control. We're not. Um, history, the truth, absolute in its whole totality, will never ever be fully realised. You've got a lot of um, hanger-oners. A... <laughs> I call them. Okay. Don't know what else to call them. You know, there's a bandwagon ride. Might get you a bit
0: bit of like something, you know. So is that like activists for activism say so like people who just want to Yeah. Join? A bit of the glory. You know? That. What's in it for those people? Like, those um people? they can then have
2: a photo so they will be
1: And since 2013 Phyllis has maintained a Facebook page. The Facebook page is an online archive with both personal documents, such as her letter of apology from the Anglican Church, as well as publicly accessible resources like council documents and newspaper articles. The page started as a way to promote her campaign to transform the old, run-down and burnt-out remnants of the buildings into a memorial. Both the Facebook page and the physical site act as places to go to remember what it is we as a nation should not forget. The following is a poem Phyllis wrote and then published on that Facebook page. Can
2: you see me? Can you hear me? Do you know me? I was broken as a child. I do not know who I am meant to be. She's gone, broken, lost forever, invisible silent, buried? Who am I? I do not know. Do you know me? Can you tell me? Who am I? Who was I meant to be? Meant
1: to be. The Save Ballarat Orphanage Facebook page acts as a kind of digital record, documenting the history of the campaign to transform the orphanage site into a museum of some kind. It has also become Phyllis's own personal digital diary.
2: What's
1: the one plant, you, like you say, this garden? What are the what when you like when you imagine yeah. it?
2: Well, what was agreed to was a, not not like just, you know, a 4 by 4 garden, a proper memorial garden with seats around it, reflection seats, with trees and garden beds and like some water feature that flows, like yeah, a, yeah, a, a like river, rather, not like there's a river that goes on forever, right. but and like a, a backflow, the one that's like perpetual. Mm-hmm. And statues and, and whatnot, so a reflection, and it would have to do, like, would have to do with children, of course. And it was, it was actually, yes, 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 yes. There was no noise in there, so I just don't get monsters there.
1: While on other online platforms, people have dismissed Phyllis as quote a nutter and the campaign to save the orphanage is a waste of money, time and resources. Her Save the Ballarat Orphanage Facebook page has also become a place where Phyllis, damaged, tired and increasingly reluctant to leave her home can meet with survivors and supporters. And so, in effect, it has become a memorial to the victims of abuse and a call to action for all Australians to never forget the unthinkable. And it reminds us that there are Australians who have witnessed a reality this community has denied for generations.
2: You know, they're sort of like, you know, until they're suffering it or they know for a fact their next-door neighbour is or, you know, their friend down the road or their friend from high school or, you know, their whoever's, they they honestly don't believe it until they have their wake-up moment, you know? And, you know, I mean, like, the kids always say to me, sort of thing like, don't do it, you know, don't this, go away, stop it, Mum, enough, you know, get over it. They say it as well, don't do it, you know. But
0: this idea though that some people would just want you like to say, just to shut the hell up, move on.
2: They actually, like... well, the get shut up and get over it is the, the normal. You know, at the end of the day, as long as it's recognised for what it really is and the kids, and what everybody went through.
0: Do you think you've got community support to build a new Uh
2: I don't know how much it comes from the community, but from us, the survivors. Are you a community? We're a massive community. We need to stop being divided. And I think that realistically at the end of the day, if we all spoke with one voice can you imagine if we all if we were just all there just one and do you know what it's a bloody family and it's a bloody big family and it shouldn't have been created but they created it they made that family could you imagine and this is what I always continue to tell every survivor if we spoke with one voice all united as one it's so big nobody could ever turn away. Nobody could ever look away, nobody could ever unhear, nobody could ever unsee. It would be so big. The Federal Royal Commission would pale in comparison. Every news report would pale in comparison
0: with this this what do you want, Phyllis, from this place? What do you if you had if you had all the money in the world, nobody standing in your way, mm. if you were able to just have all the resources, and now. somebody said, Phils, with Phils you now. do what you want with this place. It's yours. What would you do with
2: it?" I'd put it back to the way it was, and I would do exactly what I had planned. I would make it a living museum, so that everybody could come home. But what I really wanted was to save the place in tax, so that because everybody was saying they they wanted to bring their families there to take them and say that's where that's where but not just the bad stuff neither and you know I mean I have failed
0: So if this is a living museum, what would you put in it, the truth?
2: You recognise the people, the survivors from the Holocaust. You recognise the people from Eureka Stockade. And yet, you don't recognise us, and yet we
0: were children. So can you tell us a bit more, please, about about the like the process of the of the blood claim and what that means? You've told us why. Yeah. We, can you tell us a bit more about what it, what why you decided to do it and what and what it feels for you to be able to do that or not be able to do it?
2: Mm. Um. Well, I looked into what. Would say that and basically um, you know these so-called pretend heritage overlays and everything they're, they're nothing so um, I looked into um, a couple of different versions of blood claim like I had to t- I had to have a term and so it had to be labeled and blood claim has many Things that can fit into it. One being, you know, children dying, children, child abuse, um, sexual abuse, torture, slavery. Um, you know, it's historical content on that. So it erases the fact that um, they kept saying that they weren't um, historical buildings. It's the essence and the 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 years upon years upon years and. Um, all of that, then also the um, Aboriginality, which is something they consistently went on. Now that particular site, that particular hill, and that particular waterway, which is now bricked up and everything, is a sacred Aboriginal site. Check it out. So that came into it as well. So all of it was 100% right and legal, and that's why it was action. Um, so legally, by law, um, it was action, and it should have been safe. I won, and then I lost somehow. Too much. Dirty deal in some way.
0: Is that the lesson in all this? What's, what, what is, what is the lesson in all of this?
1: Like, this
0: bullshit. Stop fracturing families.
2: All that money that it's, that, that it is. Concentrate on keeping families together. It's the most important thing.
0: What is the most important thing in, in life, in existing? What, what is it?
2: Love. Without it. All those years that we were growing up, we were dead. We were nothing. As they said, the animals, the furniture, the blanket, the sheets, the shoe they had more value than we, we do. I, I still don't, I, I still don't consider myself to be a person. I wouldn't know what it felt like to be a human being. I don't know what that feels like. I have no idea what it feels like. But I damn well made make sure my kids do. And I'm trying with my grandkids, even though
0: four of them are stolen. Because not only do you, not only I you, do, you, if I can be really honest with you yeah. and frank, not only do you have the ability to love your family, you also have the ability to love a place that is so difficult.
2: Mm.
0: So, because I see, and that's what I'm seeing, mm. is um, unconditional love yep. for the for, for the building, for the your sacred space. Mm. Is that is that yes. true?
2: Yes. That's home. That's
1: the only home I've ever had. In the end, the time for debating this issue is probably over. There is no recourse for Phyllis to get the memorial she so desperately wants. Regardless of whether you are inclined to think a memorial for such a dark time in Australia's history is warranted or if it would be better to bury it and move on, Phyllis is an Australian asking to be heard. So listeners, show your support
0: for Phyllis and other survivors by helping us to build a memorial of sorts. Send us photographs of flowers, trees, pot plants and other plants in your own gardens and we'll incorporate these images into a mural of remembrance in Ballarat. To date we've received over 50 images but we would like as many as we can get our hands on. Send your images of plants, of flowers, of your favourite tree and email them to us at aussiesarcup at gmail.com. This podcast was produced with thanks from Public Records Office Victoria, the City of Ballarat, The Courier and our sound technician Nikki from 3CR.